Uh, we are so privileged to have uh, some awesome people here with us. Uh, some of you may not know, but we are part of the, a network called the Ethnos, which simply uh, means uh, all nations. Amen? We believe in diversity. We believe in welcoming everybody who doesn't look like us into the house of God so that we can worship together. The same way it will look like when we get to heaven. So we share this thread and we all belong to this network. And today you're going to hear from some of our fellow pastors in the network. Uh, We have Devin and Kate all the way from Los Angeles, California. Amen. And uh, they pastor an awesome church called the Commons LA. And uh, I was so honored to be preaching there uh, just before they went public. And it was just phenomenal, just an awesome group of people. And uh, Sam here with us, he pastors a church in Dallas called Loft City. And uh, you are going to hear from them. So we, let's do it. Devin, you ready? Let's do it. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, Devin. How are we doing? We're doing good. Yeah, it is such a joy to be here with you all the way across the ocean uh, from Los Angeles. 15-hour flight to get here. It was, oh my goodness, I was sore in all sorts of places after that flight. It was ridiculous, but it's so good to be here with you. We've been here since Wednesday, getting to just meet so many of you, uh, your faces throughout this week. It feels like kind of a culmination to be here with you on a Sunday gathering, worshiping with Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, um, you, you've been around longer than we have in existence, but the Commons LA is a church that my wife and I and a big community of people planted, and our first public gathering was October 15th. Wow. So Pastor Jafar was with us on October 8th, and he just blessed us with the gospel, and ever since then... Um, October 15th till now, um, it's just been such a gift from the Lord to be able to meet in a city like Los Angeles uh, that's placed its hope in so many things other than the Lord Jesus for us just to be a family of people committed to following Christ. And uh, I just want to share with you uh, a passage of scripture that has been at the heart of who we are. And uh, PT told us, um, you know, that the Ethnos Network, we share DNA, we share so many different values. Um, and at the end of the day, we share and follow Jesus together. That's right. Our, the, the verse that's closest to our heart also finds its home in 2 Corinthians 5. <laughs> right? You guys, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, right? We, we live by faith and not by sight. Yep. Yeah. Well, seven verses later, the Apostle Paul gets to verse 14, and he says this. The love of Christ controls us, yep. oh, compels us, constrains, constrains us, us, dictates our lives. That's awesome. Because we have concluded like this. One has died for all. Um, therefore, all have died. And he died for all. Why did, he, why did he lay down his life? So that those who live, you and I now on the other side of knowing Christ, would no longer live for ourselves, but for him who for our sake died and was raised. Living in a city like Los Angeles, and I can tell you it's similar to Joburg. People are running around living for um, fame, living for finances, living for notoriety, living for their careers, living for the perceptions of others. That's right. And not for Christ. Mm. And what we found in a city like L.A., you can have so many hooks in you pulling you in different directions. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the only one that's going to graciously fill you, yes, that's going to provide for you, yeah. and is Amen. going to, end, at the Amen. end of the day, bring about flourishing in your life is Jesus. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank and that's you, because Jesus. he laid down his life Come on. Yeah. so that we could have life. Amen. Mm. Amen. 
Amen? Amen. And so what we're seeing is that as people in our city, much like Joburg, find life in Christ, find a home in the body of Christ, that we find fulfillment and we find just an otherworldly family people. Hmm. And living in a city, that's, that's what is so attractive. That's what we were made for. And as we find it in the family of God, we find um, our true rest and our true home. And that's the only way, really, that we can be a family that Come on. different. And we can be a family that is far different in, in um, our passions and yeah. in what we look like and in our cultures and in our backgrounds. Yeah. And so Amen. I just want to yeah. encourage you. Wow. Uh, my goodness. If, if we could be three years in and be at all a reflection of what the Lord has been doing among you, wow. it would be enough for us. No, you wow. will. And Jesus wow. is faithful Amen. in it. Amen. 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 Okay. The Thank venue. you. The building. The building. Oh! That was me. <laughs> One last thing. <laughs> PT reminded me. So six months ago, we were sent out from a church that wanted to plant us, a church in Hollywood where I was on staff for three, mo- or three years. They sent us out to Westwood, which is right near UCLA. If you've ever heard of UCLA, the big university in Los Angeles, it's much better and bigger than USC, which is its rival, right? I've, I've, heard, I've heard Vitz and... Uh, UCT have a little bit of a rivalry. We have a rivalry too, um, but I won't open that up for you. And we were praying. As we were sent out, we didn't have a space. We met literally our first gathering. We met in a park. And so we, we get out of our cars and we're walking. It's a Sunday morning. It's beautiful. It's sunny. And the sprinklers were turned on that morning. So our toes are wet. We're like, ah, it'd be great to have a space, but this will do. And the Lord provided a space for us the next week to meet kind of in a basement facility that we could just gather our 40 or 50 people together. But it was not going to be the space that we could open up to the public, have room for new people to come in and feel at home and welcomed. And so we were praying, Jesus, we believe that as we trust you step by step, you will provide what we need. And week by week, he let us meet back there week after week after week through the summer. But as October 15th, that day we were going to go public was coming. We started feeling the anxiety, started feeling the fear. Where are we going to meet? Are we going to go back to the park and have wet feet? And as I'm sending out a letter, we send out a monthly update letter. Here's how you can pray for us. There's a huge team of people outside of our church context. We're praying. Um, Some of you are on that. And we say, we need a building. We need a space to meet in. Jesus, we trust you as we choose to follow you, as we're captured by your love, like 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, that you will provide for us. And as we send out this last update that just says, hey, we only have a couple months left. Would you pray that God opens a space? I kid you not, someone on the letter was a principal of a school, an elementary school a mile away, and said, you need to come and meet here. Not a place that was even on our radar. She pursued us. The Lord pursued us in that. And as we sacrifice, as we press into the Holy Spirit, he is always, always faithful. Jesus has never let down anyone in this room. Amen. Amen. So walk in faith. Here's Sam. Such a good handoff there. (laughs) But it's so good to be with you guys. Good morning. Um, My name is Sam. Um, I I am from the Dallas, Texas area. Um, uh, I pastor a church called Loft City Church in Dallas. Um, I bring greetings from that church. Um, They are so excited that I'm here. Um, And they've been praying for you guys. And we're just excited to be able to worship here with you guys this morning. Um, we've been here now for three or four days, and we have never felt more treated well and um, just loved on. And we're just, we felt immediately coming in, we felt part of the family. And so someone said that it's 
a family here, and I, I mean, we've only been here four days, and we can echo that. It is such a great family to be a part of, and so we're excited to be a part of the network. Our church just joined the network um, like last month, and so we're still getting to know people, connecting, and figuring out who's who and who's doing what, and, um, and so we've just been excited to just be a part of the network and seeing what God is doing on a global level and just God, how God is working. I'm married. Um, been married now for 14 years, by, by the grace of God. Um, I have three children. My oldest just became a teenager. So whatever prayers you can throw at me, go ahead and throw them at me. Um, and I've got a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. And the 4-year-old actually dominates our house. And so he's the one that controls our house. And so, um, yeah, so our church, we are about six years old. Um, by the grace of God, started with one ethnic group and purely by the grace of God, of God showing his favor over to us over and over. We are now um, over 20 ethnic groups um, by the grace of God. We've seen, um, yeah, we've seen people from all different backgrounds come to faith, and it's uh, more than I ever imagined or dreamed, um, but that's God, right? I mean, we have our dreams, and then God says, you know, your dreams are not even too, not even realistic, not even just, even close to what I'm dreaming about. And he takes it and he does something even bigger and better. Um, yeah, and so God is a faithful, faithful God. And um, we're just grateful that we get to worship with a church this morning that worships the same faithful God. Um, and we are part of one body. First service, I had no idea I was supposed to share anything. I just um, shared. And so I was sitting there asking God, God, what do you want me to say this morning to this church who is um, genuinely following Jesus, pursuing you? And so a verse came to mind that makes... If I read it, it makes no sense, and so I have to explain it for a minute. Um, uh, many of you are familiar with the passage in Hebrews 11. It is one of our favorite passages because it talks about the heroes of our faith, right? I mean, there's some incredible people in Hebrews 11. There's men like Abraham who will leave everything and follow Jesus and pursue God, um, not knowing where God is going to take him, but just simply trusting God. What a man of faith. Isaac, who's, you know what, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm willing to give my life. Um, and I'll just be obedient. Daniel, who ends up in a lion's den, says, you know what? Whatever the case, I'm not denying God. Even if it means I go to a lion's den, I will still be there. David, who's one of our heroes of our faith. Some incredible people in Hebrews 11. And in the middle of all of those verses, there's one verse that always bothered me. There's one verse that never made sense. Hebrews 11, verse 21. It says, by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of the staff. There's nothing significant about that. That's not, um, God, God, I'm going to go into a lion's den for you, or God, I'm going into a burning house for you. You're dying, and you're standing, and you're blessing your grandchildren and you're leaning over a staff. Now I want you to picture this. Um, it's basically, this is what Joseph, Jacob is doing. He's dying. He's got his hands out like this over a staff. And he's blessing his two ch grandchildren. Nothing significant about that. Right? I mean, you and I read that and we quickly skip over that verse and we go to the next one. We're like, what is significant about that? And it made no sense to me until one day I went into one of my professor's um, office rooms, and in his office, he had a staff that was lying, uh, that was um, put up on the wall. And so I was like, and the staff had markings all over it. 
And I was like, oh, that's just weird. This is a ripped off staff. It's not even a pretty staff to put on a wall, uh, decorated. And so I asked him, what is, what's important about this staff? Why is that on the wall? Why is it so beat up? Could you not afford a really nice staff when you were in <laughs> Israel? And he, had, and he said, hey, this is what the staff means. Back in the old Bible days, any time something significant would happen in a person's life, Anytime God would show up in a person's life, they didn't have a diary or a journal where they would write what God did. They just had a staff. And so whenever God would do something in their life, what the person would do, he would go to the bottom of the staff and he would make a marking. And whenever God would deliver them from bondage, they would just make a marking. And whenever God would heal their sick, he would just make a marking. Whenever God would provide them children, make a marking. Whenever God would deliver them from bondage or sickness or persecution, make a marking. Right now, let's go back to the verse. By faith, when Jacob was dying, he puts his head over the staff, blesses the two children, and he worships God. What is he leaning on? The faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. I can picture Jacob there in his old age, and he's bringing back to mind God. I remember when I had to run away from home, and I thought my brother was going to kill me, and I didn't know what I was going to do, and you took me to my uncle's house, and there you provided me, not with one wife, but two wives, and you blessed me with children. And one day I came back when I thought my brother was going to kill me, but he greeted me with welcome arms, the faithfulness of God. I remember when I was lying there in the wilderness in the middle of the night, and I didn't know if you were going to show up or not, but that night you came in a dream and you spoke to me, the faithfulness of God. I remember one day my children came to me and said, your son Joseph is dead. He's gone. And I thought I lost my precious children. But years later, they came back, these same children, and said, Joseph is not dead, but he's alive. And he's in Egypt, the faithfulness of God. What is Jacob leaning on? He's leaning on the faithfulness of God. See, I don't know about you, and I don't know about me, but if we reflect back on our lives, I don't know what your story is, but I know. But if I, if I look back over my life, I see over and over and over where God has been faithful. Times when I didn't know what God was going to do, where he showed up in in miraculous ways, the faithfulness of God. Times when I didn't know how I was going to provide, God showed up, the faithfulness of God. The blessings of my children, the faithfulness of God. Providing for our church, the faithfulness of God. Providing for our resources, the faithfulness of God. And if you and I had a staff this morning, I can guarantee you all of us have markings all the way up and down that reminds us that we serve a God who is absolutely faithful. He's faithful. Let me share one other story from Scripture. All the way back in 1 Samuel 16, David is facing a giant by the name of Goliath. And he's going out, and you know the story. He carries five stones and a slingshot. But if you read the story, it says he carried one other thing. Do you know what he carried? He carried his staff. He carried his staff. So here's David going out to Goliath with his five stones and a sling, but he's also got his staff in his hand. And I can picture David saying, David, Goliath, You look really big, but I remember the time when I was in the wilderness 
and there was a lion that came to me, and I had no idea how I was going to get out, but God was faithful. I remember a time when there was a bear that was about to attack me. I didn't have any weapons in my hand. All I did was my bare hands, and God protected me, and God provided for me. I remember when all my parents forgot about me, and but then Samuel came, and he showed up, and he said, hey, you have one more son, and he is going to be the king of Israel, the faithfulness of God. See, this is why David in his old age could write, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is an absolutely faithful God. He's a faithful God. Jacob, when he was dying, blessed the two children leaned on his staff, and what did he do? He worshiped God. The only thing you can do when you remember God's faithfulness in your life is worship God. The only thing you can do when you remember how good he has been is say, God, you are worthy of my life. You who saved me from my sins. You who delivered me from bondage. You who sent your son for me. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. And to you deserve all glory, all honor, all worship, all praise. You are a faithful God. God bless you guys with these words. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We pour out our gratitude this morning. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. shall lands on the sick and the sick shall recover. We thank you right now for healing. We thank you for divine health. 
we know you are faithful even with this sickness you are faithful and so Lord we thank you for your faithfulness and for healing in Jesus name we are prayed and everyone says Amen if you are here you have been living a life of worry, fear and anxiety we want to pray with you this is a north year zone the apostle Paul said be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication make all of your requests known unto God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding which goes beyond what you can figure out it will take care of business amen father we thank you for the peace that goes beyond understanding Father, we thank you for your peace, for you are the source of all peace, not the peace as the world gives it, not the peace as our jobs and our false sense of security give, but as you and you alone give, for you are Jehovah Shalom, our source of peace. And Father, right now, we take charge of their soulish realm and redirect it to focus on you. Even as you said in Isaiah 26 verse 3, you shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Their minds shall not wander around, but their minds shall stay on you. And perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace. They will sleep in the night season. No restlessness, no nightmares, no anxiety. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for it and we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wasn't that awesome? Man, that was great. That was great. When the Holy Spirit shows up, sometimes he just takes the program and kick it out and say, man, we're going to do it this way. And it will happen sometimes. But this was awesome. And I'm telling you, man, I'm living empowered, changed man, transformed by everything that happened today. Remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Man, God bless you.